Support for OPB comes from our members and from our sponsors, like Mike Rosenberg from Columbia Credit Union. Mike says they trust what they see and hear on OPB, and that aligns with Columbia Credit Union's brand. This is Think Out Loud on OPB. I'm Dave Miller. We end today with Matt Jones. He is a cruciverbalist. It's a 14-letter word that I learned about two hours ago. It means that he's really into crossword puzzles. In his case, he creates them. His first New York Times puzzle was published when he was just 19 years old. He went on to start the weekly puzzle Jonesin, which has appeared in alt-weeklies across the country, including Willamette Week, since 2001. He has now published 1,163 puzzles. Matt Jones, congratulations and welcome. Oh, well, thank you. It's great to be here. Great to be back in Oregon. Yeah, so. welcome back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just arrived two hours ago from a trip uh, on the other side of the country. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when you saw your first crossword puzzle? Oh, my gosh. Um Depends on uh, an actual crossword puzzle, or if you see those the kind of crisscross looking ones that you get on the side of cereal boxes, mm. maybe that would have been the first one at one point. But uh, yeah, quality ones, I think, I would say right around age ten. So relatively early. And did you enjoy playing them as a ten year old? Oh yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, I had a uh, tag teacher that had a bunch of games magazines just strewn about the place, thinking, "Oh, this is going to be a great exercise for the kids to just pick up and read on their own." And I got really engrossed by the fact that there are crosswords in there, and that just one thing led to the other. And that other was not just doing them, but but making them. Yes. When did that happen? Because they're really different. I mean, mm-hmm. there are. I'm sure listening to us right now are many, many, many people who love doing cross, you know, mm. filling in crossword puzzles. Mm. My guess is almost none of them, even if they've thought every now and then, oh, that would be a fun clue. Mm. <laughs> they haven't gone and actually made a whole puzzle. It's like you got the whole rest of it to do. Too. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what was it about it that, you, that made you want to actually do it yourself? Well, it's kind of getting immersed in the whole world of crosswords. Once you start seeing all the people who are creating the crosswords, you start seeing, oh, here's some resources on how you can actually submit crosswords. There's books out. There's various different things. I didn't think I had a chance. I mean, because... No, A, because it was 15 at the time, probably (laughs) mid-teenager, and B, um, you know, I didn't know if my quality level was right there just yet, so I thought, "Mm, all right, well, I'm going to try this out. I'm going to see what kind of resources I can get and actually go in and check, say, New York Times specs and see what they want. Um, Submitted, I would say, on my second or third try, I got in. So there were some that got rejected right off the spot. But second or third try, you were in. And yeah. you, were, you were you submitted the one that, that actually was published when you were 18, am I right? And then yes. it, it was published when you were 19. That's right. Um, at that point, so what, what was it like when you got that yes? Oh, my gosh. I mean, you get a letter. That uh, like an enthusiastic letter from Will Short saying this is yes it's great you know, congratulations you're going to actually be in the paper and you know some I think I have that letter somewhere <laughs> and you I mean a physical letter this is not an email yeah physical letters oh yeah he was he was very much into personalized letters for every single puzzle that went out too so if you got that letter that was like a, a special thing what so. did Will Shorts mean to you as a 15 year old as an 18 year old oh my gosh well he came in from the kind of the 80s new wave uh, that, that was in Games Magazine at the time so you, you've got your 
predecessor in the New York Times, which was Eugene Maleska, who was known for, if it isn't in a reference book, it's not worth being in my puzzle. So the, there was a whole thing about Oreo would never show up in a pre-Will Shorts puzzle because it's a trademark and it's not in a dictionary or in it, so it's not a real word. Wow. I mean, it's, and it's yeah. not like it's a dirty word no. or, or an obscure no. reference. It was something that, that basically... Anybody solving a puzzle would have known, but it was yeah. it, it didn't fit the style guidelines pre Will right. Shorts. Right, and well, and and Maleska's temperament and everything like that. <laughs> he doesn't like cookies. If you read about him, you'll you'll see that he had some nasty letters. But yeah, um, how did you, as an eighteen-year-old, come up with references, clues, words that a sixty-year-old reader oh, gosh. Uh, of the New York Times <laughs> would would have that would likely have in their brain because i mean you, that the the audience for the new york times mm-hmm. then and now it's it's mm-hmm. not 18 year olds mm-hmm. well I, I i mean i start with the seed base i think my first actual puzzle had uma thurman as one across so if if you're just well enough into cinema, you're probably going to recognize the name in anything. And, and the things things that were spelled out like 911 underneath it and trolley car. So there, there were recognizable things within there. Um, the puzzle, the first puzzle I, you know, as as a young person, I thought, oh, I'm going to go ahead and put Coolio in a puzzle, thinking that everybody's going to know who Coolio is. And that was quickly rebuffed and said, yeah, he, he didn't even have a really like more than one song out at the time it's like you know we're never going to know who this person is so he ended up replacing that he so will Will shorts Shorts ended up replacing that um you can't just i mean replacing something seems like a lot of work i mean these things are they're all meticulously put there every mm -hmm. every letter basically has to work in two different words what happens if you get rid of coolio uh what happens well i mean what happens if you get rid of coolio it didn't make my puzzle as cool i guess i don't know (laughs) um but uh yeah he, he replaced it with the, the biblical judge Gallio, who, you know, on my side of things, I had never heard before. And I thought, well, all right. If he says that that's what's going in, that's what's going in. How I'm not many classic rap, rap songs did Gallio do? Oh, tons. Zero. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, what did you, over time, what, how, how would you describe the, the niche that you've carved out for yourself in terms of puzzle making? Well, it was a, it was a very unique niche in that uh, I was approached by another puzzle writer, Matt Gaffney, who had been in the business for a long time. Great guy. And um, he had this idea. It's like most of the puzzles that actually showed up in the alternative news weeklies, like Willamette Week, most of them are already repeats of the New York Times puzzle. So they were getting the things that the New York Times is is famous for having a what is called a breakfast test, in which case that you don't put things in the puzzle that wouldn't pass the sitting around breakfast and not offending people test. So mm. no war, death, pestilence, bodily functions, you know, that sort of thing. Um, our, which is very different from yeah. the style of alt-weeklies in general. Exactly. I mean, the, the whole ethos of alt-weeklies mm-hmm. is almost the opposite. Yeah. So we thought, well, why don't we try something that actually is tailored to that ethos and go with that? So our first attempt in 2001, uh, he was basically the editor. I was the the writer uh, at the time. Uh, when we were first going about it, he's like, oh, I want to make this as like subversive as possible. And it's going to have like R-rated references and, you know, 
drugs, sex, rock and roll, all, all the things combined, you know, that sort of thing. And it, it has sort of mellowed out over the years, depending on which newspapers want what. But uh, that's kind of where we started out. Um, oh, so you actually could put expletives, swear words in puzzles before you, you might. Up to a point. Yes, we had the S word. We didn't have the F word. Okay. So, yeah. I appreciate your discretion as you're describing yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Um, was that exciting to actually to push the boundaries in, in what was acceptable in a crossword? A kind I, of, you know, beloved, but in some ways stodgy form? Yes, I think so. I think it, this was like the next logical step from where everything was. In the 80s, you had people that were trying to f- debuck the trend. And put and, Oreo in. And put Oreo in, exactly. <laughs> or, you know, I'll, uh, the 80s was like the advent of pop culture. It was about movies. It was about names, famous people, and everything like that. And I thought, well, you know, our generation, we have our names and our people. It's like, why don't we? Why don't we go ahead and go with that? So, hmm. yeah. you know, I, I hadn't thought of this, but I mean, in in that way, especially if pop culture references are are a part of crosswords, it seems like even just putting them in was mm-hmm. was a part of the progression, right? But now that they are, you can really you can chart changes in society by looking at crosswords. Yes. And and oddly enough, I know that there are there are a lot of people who are like really, you know, obsessively into saving the clues from the puzzles. So it's almost like doing a little bit of an archaeology dig. You can go back and see, here's what a clue would be from the nineteen forties as opposed to here's what a clue would be from the eighties and, and so on. And the things that fall out of favor, the things that are like a little bit too cringy to refer to in modern times, <laughs> you get to see a little bit of that too. So if you're just Tuning in. We're talking right now with the crossword puzzle creator Matt Jones. He has done the weekly Jones and for alt weeklies around the country since 2001. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless of who your audience is and, and what publication is, I, I imagine you still have to have some some best guess about what they'll know, what they what they might know. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, who, who are you who are you making these puzzles for right now? What do you assume mm-hmm. is general knowledge oh that's oh wow okay well that's that's I, I keep up with trivia i keep up with trying to you know see where where the pulse is right now i just realized right now i've been with this for 22 years uh that's an entire generation of people that have gone by since i started out because i was putting in alternative rock references and people of the 90s and 2000s um i'm not really up on my tiktok celebrities so i mean if that comes up i'll I'll try. I'll really try. But, you know, that there are certain things that you know, I, I try to absorb the culture as best I can. But you're still going to get some 90s references. And, and then, I mean, I guess yeah. at a certain point, if all goes well, you'll just be an old man making crossword puzzles. Oh, right. And, and, the, and there will be some living the dream, some whippersnapper you know? <laughs> who who is doing stuff that you think, I don't even know what you're talking about. It's like, wait a minute. I used to be the whippersnapper. And now we got all these other kids out there. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> um is part of your brain always thinking about clues? Um, wordplay and clues, yes. Not not necessarily clues all the time, but um, anagrams and seeing things like like I was just at the airport and I saw that there was a like a, a vending machine that said "fly refreshed" or something, and I looked in and there it's like, well, there's the instrument lyre, l y r e, right in the middle of "fly refreshed" right hmm. there. So and. And it wasn't like you looked at it and thought, how do I arrange the words? There is an it's unconscious kind of, part of your your brain that just 
it just happens. Yeah, and, and it's tough to turn off sometimes, <laughs> but it is there. And uh, yeah, sometimes if you see things that, you know, if they anagram to something cool, then I'll, I will. Uh, that's sometimes an inspiration for what I put in. Do you write those down or they just they just bump around in your brain until you get a pen or uh, it's, a, it's a, an, an iPhone? It's a little bit of everything. I mean, you know, the inspiration comes from strange places sometimes. So, Have you put words or clues um, in your puzzles just as little gifts or Easter eggs for your friends? Um, I, I, I have had like maybe one or two like not so obvious Easter eggs in some puzzles, but uh, not not really, no. Hmm. I mean, I mean, I'll have things that I enjoy that people sometimes, if you go onto the uh, the websites that review the crosswords, will complain about. It's like, he's doing too much like, you know, British comedies and, and things that I've never heard of. But it's like, it's it's things that I like and I that I feel that people should know at this point. So, <laughs> you know, it's my gift to the world, I guess. <laughs> we asked folks on Facebook what they think may makes a good crossword. Mm -hmm. Heidi Sr. wrote, clever clues and themes. The New York Times ones where you have to put more than one letter in a square and sometimes a different word in each direction. Mm -hmm. Patricia Miller said it's vocabulary that makes a good puzzle. Damon Nash said he needs the time to do it, that that that's what (laughs) makes a a good crossword. It's a gigantic question, but what are some of the hallmarks for you of of a really good crossword puzzle. It's got to be memorable. I mean, it, the very first thing is if you, if you are talking about it at least 10 minutes after you've done solved it, then that's that's a sign of a really good crossword if it sticks with you for that long. Um, things that spark, things that actually are exciting, they just don't thud right on the page. Um, you, you tend to see things with ness and less that uh, you don't see in really good crosswords. That uh, Oh, you, know, you think there's some crutches of based yeah, on the English language. You know, I mean, if you're going to use like cirruses or senselessness, I know that they're really good bottom entries, but they're really boring words, to be honest with you. So, yeah. Um, how do you use computers these days? Mm. Well, I was on the verge of starting with computers because I started out actually doing everything on graph paper, and there aren't very many people who actually still do that at this point. Hmm. Uh, I have a crossword program that actually helps re- um, kind of arrange everything right now, and I, I don't use it as a 100% product. I will use it as a tool to be able to find words, to be able to arrange things, to be able to optimize things too. So if, if you know, I'm not just going to say, here's a crossword, I'm going to run it through once, and then that's the product. It goes through many, many changes and little tweaks along the way. And the computer is a tool that can, that can help you. Yes. There was a puzzle in the New York Times last week um, and the conceit was that it had been written by an AI and it had <laughs> cheeky clues like, what this puzzle is definitely not, having been created by me, a real and true human being. Oh, yeah. um, and on and on. There, it was actually, it was pretty clever. Mm-hmm. Does that reflect an actual anxiety among puzzle creators? Oh, you know, I, I was expecting this question. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, to be honest, we've been dealing with the fact that our computer is going to replace us for the past maybe 25, 30 years. At but this that point. was before ChatGPT and, and surprises. Yeah, but have you seen ChatGPT? You actually try to put in, write me some crossword themes. It will give you um, like six words, none of them symmetrical, none of them following the rules and the jokes just fall flat. So hmm. I, I think ChatGPT, if it is a viable solution, 
has a long way to go. Have you tried creating British cryptic crosswords, which is a world uh, that's always confused me? I love them. I do them a lot. There are U.S. cryptics as well, but um, it's it's been off and on. There's um, I you know I just not really as big of a market for them, and I just I I would do them more for fun than anything else mm-hmm. if I made them. So you mentioned the market. So w- when K two did a story about you as that nineteen year old with with your first published New York Times piece, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they noted that you got seventy five dollars for it, <laughs> um, and that's the most famous venue in this country for crosswords. Seventy five dollars mm-hmm. for I, I can only imagine how many dozens of hours that that took well, you. Yeah, what are mm-hmm. the economics of crossword creating? Oh, gosh. Uh, The economics are you do it as a labor of love, basically. I can count probably on one hand the number of people who do it as a full-time professional gig. And if they're doing that, they're submitting to maybe 10, 15 different publications at once. So that's, that's their job. They've got a, a lot in the in the hopper, so to speak. What's your next challenge? Uh, my next challenge is writing puzzle number 1,164, I That's guess. That's it, just keeping it going. <laughs> just keeping it going until I just pass out. <laughs> yeah. Matt Jones, it was a pleasure talking to you. Congratulations. Uh, thank you very much. Matt Jones is a Portland-based crossword constructor. He's been doing Jones in for 22 years now. You can see it in Willamette Week and many other alt-weeklies all around the country. Tomorrow on the show, Oregon Governor Tina Kotek declared a drought emergency in coastal Lincoln County recently. Low stream flows and dry conditions are having big impacts on the region. We'll learn learn more from a Lincoln County commissioner. If you don't want to miss any of our shows, you can listen on NPR's app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to get your podcasts. Our nightly rebroadcast is at 8 p.m. Thanks very much for tuning in to Think Out Loud on OPB and KLCC. I'm Dave Miller. Have a great day. Think Out Loud is supported by Steve and Jan Oliva, the Rose E. Tucker Charitable Trust, Ray and Marilyn Johnson, and the Susan Hammer Fund of the Oregon Community Foundation. Thank you.